Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom Terrace, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Thank you. Thank awesome. You, David. Awesome. It's a great day. If everybody just take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to John chapter 12, verses 20 through 33. We're going to break open the bread of life today and see how the Lord wants to teach us and grow us so we can continue to be purified vessels of his love to a world that is absolutely starving for that beautiful, beautiful truth. So before we get started, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life? Uh, I would love to. Thanks for asking. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear God, thank you for this day. You are awesome. Thank you for loving us so much, so intimately. And uh, it's beautiful how, how we were reminded last Sunday that you loved the world so much that you sent your only son for us to show us how to, to live, to suffer, to die, and then the promise that we will rise again. So Lord, please help us each day to choose you. Help us to, to live a life of, of docility where we're always open to learn. Help us to live a life of obedience, not out of fear, but out of love. And as we open up the, the gospel for this coming Sunday, dear Lord, please just open our hearts to the areas in our lives that, that you want us to change. Help us to have the courage to, to ask that simple question, Lord, where do I need to change? And then, Lord, please give us the courage to, to live that change each and every day in all of our relationships. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Father, Father, Son, Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. A reading according to the Gospel of John. Some Greeks who had come to worship at the Passover feast came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. I am troubled now, yet what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? But it was for this purpose that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd there heard it and said it was thunder. But others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come for my sake, but for yours. Now is the time of judgment on the world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, 
I will draw everyone to myself. He said this indicating the kind of death he would die. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Tom, as you were reading it, the, the one line that, that jumped out at me was about the grain of wheat. And unless a grain of wheat dies, mm. it, uh, it just remains a grain of wheat. And, <clears throat> and just a little note that I jotted down for myself is, unless a husband, for me, unless a husband dies to himself out of love for his wife, right, then he just remains a selfish a selfish man. So, uh, so I'm just going to ask the Lord, please, to, to help me to... To just to truly understand what what does that mean in my primary relationship here? So I'm I'm, I'm a married man, five kids. I know God is first, uh, but sometimes that the order after that gets a little gets a little messed up. You know, we have the five kids, and they're always tugging at my time and attention, and and uh, and I know that I put them oftentimes in, ahead of my wife, which which isn't right. You know, and and. Uh, you know, when you when you look at the order that it should be, it's not right, but it happens. You know, it happens. So I need to repent of that, but I can't can't do it on my own. So I need to, to I need to ask God to give me the grace to truly have that desire to die to myself, to my own to my own wants, to my own schedule, whatever. Just to die to myself out of love for my wife. You know, that's beautiful, Robin. That took me to the center of this gospel. In the line, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there also will my servant be. And boy, that just jumped right out at me. We need to be led by the Spirit. We need to follow Jesus, not go do it on our own, not run out there. Stop, 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 stop. We must be in communion, common union with God, putting him first in our life, giving him that first fruit of the day when we wake up in prayer. And, and if we get an opportunity, which, which it potentially is every day, go to Mass, get filled up. And then, thank you, Lord, for the gift of reconciliation, the sacrament of confession, reconciliation. Go, get clean, stay clean. Why? Because I love Mary's verse. Mary's verse in the Magnificat says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And so what came out of that when I was just reflecting on this sentence was that we must be inseparable from Christ. So wherever he takes us, he's with us. It's not where I'm taking Christ. He's directing the path we should go. He's bringing the people into our lives. He's taking us wherever. And then we're called to be an icon. An icon is a lens through which people see Christ. Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. So for me, I need to keep the lens of my soul spotless. And the only way to do that is a daily invitation to the Holy Spirit come inspect my soul, show me, show me where I've sinned, where I've fallen short, ask for forgiveness of my sins, and then thank you, Lord, for the gift of the sacrament of reconciliation, where we can go, as the Bible commands us to confess our sins to one another, we can go to a safe place, and we can confess our sins to God through that instrument of the priest who is in persona Christi. It's who God chose and anointed to be the vessel through which his grace flows, his mercy flows, and guess what else? His counsel flows. So man, to go every week, like John Paul II did, like Mother Teresa did, to go every two weeks or three weeks, don't let it go longer than that. We can deceive ourselves so quickly. And the more we go, the more we stay in communion with God, the more we give him our first fruits and stay pure, the more we can say what Mary said, that my soul magnifies the Lord because I 
become, the, as St. Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So we become that lens through which people see and experience Christ. We enflesh the Word of God, the Bible, and people taste and see truth and love that's non-judgmental, unconditional, free, fruitfulness. I want what you have. And that is so, so precious. So that jumped out of me, Rob, and I'm, I'm all about it. Well, I want to keep that lens clean. And if we're playing follow the leader, you know, what jumped out to you, David, you, you mentioned must follow me, must follow me. So if we follow Jesus, where is he going to take us? He's going to take us to, uh, to being let down and disappointed sometimes by our friends, right? He, he was let down and disappointed. He was abandoned. He's going to take us to, um, to the Last Supper where he bends down and washes the feet of his apostles. He's going to take us to the garden right, where he's sweating blood and, and, and agony. He's going to take us to, to the scourging at the pillar right, where we're going to be beaten by the whip of, of the world and popular opinion. He's going to take us to the crowning of thorns right, where you know, we're, we're going to be pierced right, to, the, to carrying his, the cross and ultimately to, to our death. So you know, this is a pretty serious uh, must-follow-me, right, that, that Jesus is going to take us down a road that leads to life, right, that leads to eternal life. But we need to be willing to, to stay in there with him, right? to stay in there and follow our leader. You know, our leader just didn't sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. He, he entered into the, to the game and, and, uh, and suffered and showed us the, the, beauty, the beauty and the power of that suffering. But you know, Rob, and you got to be careful, some people stay on the cross and they never continue to follow Christ into the resurrection. Amen. So we, we do experience those things of dying to self, my pride, my envy, my self-centeredness. All that's got to die because that's the whole thing of the seed. It's got to die. Then it becomes fruitful. So we go through this, the passion of the Christ. We experience it with him. But it's not only for our betterment. It's for all the people God's going to bring into our lives. But there is that resurrection. We are, when we die to self like that, God resurrects us from the spiritually dead. We become a new creation in Christ. Our life becomes a great adventure. And yes, we may walk that passion again. We may have to die again to that self-centered that rises up. But man, I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it. My buddy, when I was, <laughs> felt like I was being crucified, scourged, and everything else, said, David, it's your cross. Don't just carry it. Embrace it. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's hard enough just carrying it. You want me to embrace it? He said, yes, because through the cross, Christ will purify you in such a way that when you are resurrected from that spiritual dead position you're in now, you will be this light that will be so attractive to so many. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. So my spiritual director really helped me with that. The scourging and all that stuff that happens, you betcha. Take it all to Christ. Take it all to the Father and say, yo, Father, Father, go to adoration, Father. Help me. This is the way I feel. This is what happened. Go to, go, to, go to the Father. That's why Jesus said, call him our Father, our Father. Tell him how you feel, and then let him heal you. Amen. And give those wounds, because every time we're pierced, Christ feels it. He's pierced in us. Every time we're, we're crowned or scourged, he feels it. Why? Because we're part of the body of Christ. So if the body feels it, I can guarantee you, the head feels it instantly. So he feels it with us. So give it to him. He'll help us heal. He'll help us heal. So thank you for sharing that, Rob. And the, the line that jumped out at me is the, the very next line that says, the Father will honor whoever serves me. Mm -hmm. And I just can't imagine that 
God, <laughs> God will serve me. And, you know, when you think of like a king on earth, imagine a king going out to like a beggar on the street, you know, and serving that beggar. Like you would never even think a king would do that. A, a magnificent king on earth would go to someone lowly like myself and serve me. And so I think humility comes into that, to have the humility to receive God's mercy, you know, because, uh, you know, you can be so proud and say, oh, I don't want, I don't want you to serve me. I don't want to receive what you have to give me. So I, I think you have to have, I know I need to have that great humility to receive God and let, allow him to serve me. And of course, you know, we do have some saints in our Catholic tradition who were kings and queens uh, and royalty who did, you know, take their lives out into the streets and, and use their wealth for the benefit of of people in the street. So it is kind of unimaginable when you think of it from a human perspective, but when people are motivated by God's love, they mirror that, they mirror this image that you, you know, you just referred to here. Um, the thing that hit me when I was reading this, um, again, is the, um, you know, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain. And there's a parallelism here with the next Part. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And then he goes, Jesus goes on to say, and this is where I kind of made the comparison, is whoever loves his life loses it. In other words, if you're the grain of wheat that doesn't fall to the ground, you've loved your life so much, you kind of hold, want to hold on to the grain. And so the wheat never, uh, it never gets produced. You, know, you never get any fruit from it. You never get any wheat from it. But if it falls to the ground and dies which is what he's talking about, because this, whoever hates his life, I mean, it's always been difficult for me. I try to think of, you know, saints or examples in, you know, that we have in our Catholic tradition that we could look at and say, well, that person hated their life. I mean, that's, that's a hard thing to see, but you can see the parallelism here. And then if you look at whoever hates his life, well, that's the grain of wheat falling to the ground, and it produces much fruit, and then it will be preserved to eternal life. So it helps me to understand a little bit what it means when Jesus says hates his life. It really means we have to do those things that we just talked about, is we've got to make those sacrifices. We've got to, you know, give up for other people. We've got to follow, you know, as Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. It's not a hate-hate in the sense of, you know, that people are, um, you know, cutting themselves or, you know, con contemplating suicide or something like that. It's not a self-inflicted wound. It's being available to have, you know, God work in and through you. And, and occasionally you're going to get, you're going to incur some, some damage, you know, you're going to incur some injury, some, and that's, that's the big part of it. But, but again, the parallel here is if you hate your life, if you fall to the ground and die, you will produce much fruit and you will preserve it to, to preserve your life to preserve your life to eternal life. And that's really what I think, you know, we're all striving for, but it requires that sacrifice that, you know, that suffering that we offer f to God and turn into sacrifice for that to happen. Well, you know, I really always had a difficult time with that line. And this today, the Lord really opened it up for me. And that's whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for preserve it for eternal life. And I kept looking at that thinking, so am I supposed to live a life and just hate my life? Am I supposed to be a person of hate? No, that's not what it says. But if we love our life in this world, if we get our worldly satisfactions and they, they fill our hearts or 
make up for, we get anesthetized through whatever means we want to choose in the world, that's not of God. That's a godless life. It's when we truly hate the ways of the world that used to fill us and, and devoid of God, and when we truly turn ourselves over to God, that we have this great life and have it in abundance. Because my life today is a great adventure, but it's a great adventure because it's, it's, it's really rooted in my relationship with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's a life that leads to eternal life. So again, it's all about, is it filled by the world? Because it says, whoever hates his life in this world. So that's, that's being fed by the world. You know, it's a problem. That's a problem. So, and at the very end, we hear Jesus say, "I and I will draw everyone to myself." All right. So, everybody, take a deep breath. All right. It's not up to us to save the world. Uh, Jesus says, "I will draw everyone to myself." Isn't that awesome? That so he, but he needs us. Right? He needs us out there. That's so awesome. Our God is that he needs us and allows us to participate in his plan. That he needs us to be his arms and his legs and his feet. And he didn't create us because he needs us. He created us because he wants us. He wants us all to be in heaven. But he, uh, he's waiting for that yes so that through us he can draw people to himself. And uh, I guess the prayer we should pray is that, that we don't become an obstacle, that we don't put too much of ourselves. If we're not rooted in prayer, especially now during Lent, right? We're called the fast, pray, and, 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 alm, and, and to almsgiving. If we don't pray to allow God to fill our hearts with love and peace and joy, and all the goodness that he wants, to, he wants to fill it, and then we go out and serve, even if we're serving in his name, we're just going to be giving ourselves. Right? We're going to be giving the world ourselves, and I don't think our Lord is going to be able to draw many people to him just through you know, our, our, uh, our efforts uh, if it's devoid of, of him being filled, or, being, or if it's devoid of us being filled with him. So that's just so reassuring that, that Jesus says, I will draw everyone to myself. And, yep. and two, Rob, you know, you can you can look at the phrase right before that, the, you know, when I'm lifted up from the earth. Well, in this situation that he's referring to, he was lifted up by people who had no intention of allowing him to draw everyone to himself. They were just lifting up because it was an execution. That was their job. But, you know, what we want to do when we go out is lift him up. I mean, we want to lift him up for because if we lift him up, he will draw people. So if I go into... You know, if I'm working in a school and I go in a, with a group of faculty and I hold him up, you know, that I lift him up, then he'll do the drawing. I don't have to, I don't have to take that on myself. And I really don't want to get in his way. But, I mean, this is a good example of how God takes, you know, uh, evil and, and redeems it. And where and then it becomes for us also an example that's, well, we should, when we go in, we you know, to do the things that we do or when we go out into the world, you know, quote unquote, the world, we should be lifting him up. That's, that's part of what we do. Because if we do, he'll draw everyone to himself because that's, that's his words. That's what he said. So. And the key to that lifting up is our fiat. It's a total surrender. Mary's mm-hmm. fiat was, you know, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. I'm the servant of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. We give our fiat. And then the, the key for me is this constant staying clean. Keep that lens clean so that people can purely experience and see Christ working in my life. And it was amazing because for 10 years, my son watched. For 10 years, he said nothing. And last week, my son said to me, Dad, I've watched you. In the beginning, 10 years ago, I didn't believe it. 
I thought it was just an addiction. I thought it was just a, a phase in your life. Today, Dad, I know it's real. And Dad, I want what you have. And as a father, I could ask for nothing more. But I didn't try and sell him. I didn't tell him how wrong he was. I didn't tell him anything. I just loved him. I just loved him. And so for me, I want to be that vessel of pure love. What is love? Love is free. Love is to total. Love is faithful. Love is fruitful. Man, Lord, use me every day of my life to help bring people into that relationship with you. And don't, get, don't let me get in the way. And I go back to this staying clean. It's so important. A couple of weeks ago, I was driving up to my spiritual director. And on the way up, I had this thought, huh, I don't have to go to confession because I just went three days ago. This is awesome. I was all proud of myself. Wait a minute. That sounds like a sin. So I get there and my spiritual director, as soon as I get there, asked me this question. Hey, Dave, you want to go to confession? Oh, for sure, sure, I'll go, I'll go. So what did I do? Just didn't say things. I invited the Holy Spirit in to enlighten my soul and show me where I had fallen. Well, I'll tell you what, till I was done, my spiritual director said, wow, that was a great confession. But I thought I had no sin. Well, a righteous man falls seven times a day. Three days is 21 times. But my pride had already grown to the point where I thought, huh, I'm good to go. But see, we fail when we justify why we don't go to confession, to the sacrament of confession. It's typically either because of fear or we justify, you know what, I'm really not a sinner. I really don't need to go. Those are all deceptions from the enemy. We all need to go. And I'm so grateful for every priest and their yes and every bishop and their yes that they gave their life. They don't charge like a psychiatrist or a psychologist. It's a free gift, just like Jesus' life for us is a free gift. But if we choose not to go, and I love the way somebody put it to me. You know what? Jesus Christ, salvation is a free gift. He paid the price. But if you don't repent and receive the gift, he can't die for the sin you die. You spiritually die for your choice not to repent. Repent means turn away. Turn away from, ask God for the grace to walk a different way. Follow Jesus Christ. So I'm like, you got it. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. So my brothers and sisters that are listening today, go, get clean, stay clean, do a daily reflection, go to Mass as often as you can, because right now we need more Christs in the world coming through each and every one of our lenses of our souls. So like Mary, we can magnify his compassion, his mercy, his love in a world that's starving for that truth. And right, right in the beginning when it talks about the Greeks, Greeks coming to worship at Passover and they approach Philip and the question was, or the request was, sir, we would like to see Jesus. And I just crossed out sir and put my name, Rob slash dad. Right, so when it's my kids, they're, they're saying, even if they don't say the words, they're saying, Dad, we want to see Jesus. Or Rob, you know, for my wife or for, you know, friends and you guys, everybody, Rob, we want to see Jesus. Even though they may never say those words, everybody wants Absolutely. to see Jesus. <clears throat> and how are they, they going to see him unless it's, unless it's through our lives and our example? Uh, so this is, this is powerful. This is powerful. So the world is, is starving and thirsty thirsting to see Jesus. And you know what the key is there? It keeps on going, Rob, because what did they do? He goes to his buddy, you know, and says, uh, you know, tells Andrew about it. And what did they do? 
They go to Jesus. Well, what does that say to us? That means when somebody wants to see Jesus, we see a God moment, I call them, coming up. We see one of those divine appointments. We go into the chambers of our hearts and we say, Lord, help me. Give me the words to share. Let me hear what I'm to hear. Speak through me. And that's a, that little prayer, you will be amazed how it will absolutely change what you say, what's done, and the impact you'll have on that person's heart. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, too, Rob, when you said that, it kind of hit me, too. You said, you know, take out sir and put in Rob or put in Tom. We would like to see Jesus. So that's the call for us to be Jesus. But if we were going to play the character of Jesus, like we're going to play the character of Jesus in a play or we're going to carry carry out his the, the real character of the man, you know, we'd go study the scriptures. We'd go want to learn about him. Like how can how can I respond to that? Um it, prayer is one thing and ask inviting the holy spirit in and you know asking but but don't we also aren't we also called to really learn about the life of jesus and really you know not just study it but embody it and mm-hmm. act it out and practice it you know i mean isn't that what we would do if we were going to play that character in a, in a play we'd practice it we'd rehearse it we'd interact with other characters and that you know invoking that that person you know that sense of the person as you're going out to perform, I think is a big thing. So that's really, I mean, that's a good way to look at mass in the morning. You know, I'm just getting myself ready before I go out to perform out of the church. You know, that's what we're being sent out for. You know, that that's the mass. We get sent out to go, to go perform. It's a good way. I, you know, I really appreciate that because it's a good way for us to look at that. So, you know, what's amazing. If you heard Jesus was going to be in New York city for one hour, and you had, you had the ability to go, and the tickets cost no money. They're free. My question to all my listening audience and to each and every one of us, would you go? He's there. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. Would you go to meet Jesus? I think every one of the listening audience, you and I, we'd all go. But Jesus is just that present and just that real at every Catholic Mass, in every Catholic Church, everywhere in the world. So are we being called to go taste and see and experience Christ because we are what we eat and when we consume our Lord we then take him out into a world that is starving Mm. for truth for love for mercy for compassion perfectly considerate ladies and gentlemen Jesus is waiting he's knocking at the door of our hearts if you today you hear his voice harden not your heart let's go see him at mass Every day we have the opportunity. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100.
On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.